Welcome everybody to another episode of the Blue View podcast and today we have a very, very special guest. Probably one of the biggest we're ever going to get on to be honest. Very, very excited for this. So um, yeah, it's going to be Fabrizio Romano, obviously the king of the transfer market. It's going to be a crazy episode so I hope you guys enjoy. So Fabrizio, would you like to introduce yourself quickly? Hello, hello guys. Thank you for the invitation. I'm so happy to be with you. So thank you. It's a pleasure and looking forward to talk with you about Chelsea and Thanks again for the invitation. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. We're very, very grateful to have this opportunity to speak to you. And um, yeah, basically, obviously, we've got Dubois as well with us and he's going to start off the first topic. So yeah, as Fabrizio says, here we go. <laughs> Cheers <laughs> to that, guys. Um, so yeah, so the first topic we're going to talk about today, uh, Fabrizio, is basically, I think many people would want to know, are probably interested about how trances are done. How do they go through? And so... I thought, what? Who better to ask than yourself about this? So, my question to you is: In terms of transfers, how are they done? Are they through cash or you know, wire transfers? How do they like each club communicate? Um, like, is it WhatsApp, phone calls? Are the legal teams at each other's clubs? Like, what actually happens uh, during transfers? Whether that's a deadline day or any normal transfer? For sure, in this moment, also because of the virus, the situation is complicated. Just because before the virus, because before this this kind of situation, they had a lot of meetings, obviously, also with legal teams in the clubs, working about the contracts and more. So it was easier before this kind of situation. Right now, it's even more complicated, just because uh, many times the clubs, not just of the same country, but also if they want to meet, for example, an Italian club with an English club, is so difficult to meet because traveling today is so difficult. So the situation is, is really complicated, and they are starting also to have meetings like online, as we are right now on, on Zoom, for example, or also on WhatsApp, also with calls. Uh, it's becoming part of the game, also to be to be caught in this kind this kind of, uh, of ways. It's not it's not so easy. Obviously, it's is different, totally different, because when you meet someone, is is something different also in transfer market. So they are gonna change something for for January too, and I think also next summer won't be so easy to be back at, at the normal transfer market with with meetings and more. So everything is changing as in our life, in normal life, also in, in transfer market. And obviously also by emails is key. When you want to send an official bid, you need always to send an email by the, the legal team of your club. So it's not so quick. I see many times fans in football asking me, Fabrizio, why they are not announcing this player if they have the agreement in like one or two days? Because many times, in this moment, it's not easy to send documents, to have medicals, to have tests also because of the, of the virus, to send documents by the legal team. So it's not so quick. And you have to remember that you have the final agreement, not just with the player, not just with the club, but sometimes also with the agents and also with the intermediaries involved within the deal. So it's not like two or three days to sign a player when you talk about top clubs like Chelsea. If you talk about small clubs, it's easier, obviously, on second division, on third division, you can find and sign a player in two days or three days. At top level is totally different so you can need also like two months or one month to complete everything sometimes i remember the league to juventus one year ago was crazy because they found the agreement in june and they completed the agreement in in july it was like one month to complete everything and they had the agreement so expect this kind of negotiation also in next month like in, in january and also next year on next uh, next summer yeah, I mean, that's perfect. I mean, I think everyone listening will, I mean, be amazed by that. Because I think, like you mentioned, a lot of fans, especially on your Twitter, in their replies, <laughs> are always asking you, you know, Sancho news. I know in the summer, Sancho news, Havertz news constantly. And I think people 
sort of need to realize that um, these transfers take time, like you mentioned. And yes, uh, but obviously, I guess you understand uh, from your point of view that fans are quite passionate and they want their player to join. For example, I'm sure you saw the habits, people asking about habits. Concepts. Yes, yes, yes. I, I'm just a bit disappointed at times when they tell me, ah, Fabrizio, you were lying. You said it was done deal two weeks ago and they haven't announced the player. Just because, <laughs> you know, I, I'm a bit disappointed just because I hope people can understand, as I said, that it needs time. It's not like two days or three days to complete contracts, to have medicals, to, to, to complete everything in a transfer. Negotiations are so long. So also for Havertz, as you said, I'm sure, 100% sure that they found a total agreement the day of the Champions League final. And they announced the player like two or three weeks later. So it was crazy time. And I can understand by fans' point of view. Obviously, they want the player immediately. We are talking about top players. So it's normal that you're buzzing to, to have the new player, to see the announcement, to, to feel the player is yours. So obviously, I can understand this kind of situation. But also by fan side, you have to understand that in transfers, you need time. So expect this kind of situation, not so much in January, just because in January, it's like just one month. So clubs have to prepare everything to sign a player and they need, okay, like one or two weeks to complete everything. It's not like summer, you have uh, three or four months to complete everything. But the next summer, I think it will be similar to this one. So if Chelsea or other clubs are going to sign top players, you will need not two or three days, but two or three weeks to see the official announcements. Yeah, exactly. I think it shows that there's so much behind the scenes that happens that it won't be an overnight thing. And um, obviously, we appreciate the work you do, obviously, to find the news and, you know, give it to us whenever you you find it. So, yeah, we're all appreciative of that. Um, I think uh, one thing as well you touched upon there is when, like, some people will say, oh, it's fake news or this and that. Um, do you... How... How easy it is? How easy is it for a transfer to fall through? Is it when negotiations between clubs happen and you know they're talking intermediaries or agents, etc.? Is it easy for a deal to fall through? Because um, obviously sometimes deals don't happen, even though you know people might expect them to happen for a long time, and sometimes they do fall through. Is that something that happens a lot? Do deals fall through? Is it easy for that to happen? Yes, it's complicated to explicate this kind of situation just because in, in transfer you can see really everything and you have, to, you have to expect the unexpected. So I always say, till you don't have the medicals completed, until you don't have the contract signed, everything can happen. So that's why I always say pay attention to the situation just because between the fake news and something that's happening but the deal is not done, is there is a small difference, but it's so important because sometimes, uh, you know, top clubs like Chelsea have a lot of players offered by agents. So also me, I can offer a player to Chelsea, but they won't consider every top player they are offering to them. It's normal. So a part of the game, they have like 100 players offered every month. So it's absolutely normal in football today. But, but when, when something is happening, like transfers, for me, a, a real transfer news is that seriously, a club is considering the move for this player. So they are really in negotiation to sign this player. Because when players are offered, it is not something real. In, today, in, in football world, we have a lot of players offered in clubs like Chelsea. So you have to expect a real news when something is really happening. Because the club is talking with the agent, because the club is talking with the player, with the family, with the club. So sometimes you have to understand that it's happening is not meaning that the deal will be completed. So that's why today is not so easy to understand what will happen, but it's so easy in my opinion to understand that something is true because obviously the clubs won't confirm anything as official, but many times they are talking with two or three players. This summer with Chelsea, I have to say was easy just because Chelsea decided to say, 
okay, we want to sign our top targets. We are not going for two or three different players in the same, same position just because we want our top targets or nothing. For example, for Declan Rice. So that's why they always said we want Chilwell and they signed Chilwell. We want Havertz and they signed Havertz. And the same for Timo Werner. So it was like easy just because many times other clubs say we are trying for three players in the same position and we try to sign the first one we can sign. So it depends by the strategy of the clubs too. That's why it's not so easy to communicate about top clubs. Yeah, that's really interesting actually, the stuff you mentioned there and especially with Chelsea as well. Um, like we've seemingly gone and got on our top targets. We think many Chelsea fans are really pleased with. But also how you mentioned um, that, you know, clubs are offering players, especially to a club like Chelsea, really often. And sometimes it seems to be filtered into the media and fans hear that we've been offered, you know, for example, Reguillon or another player. And I think fans get ahead of themselves and think that, you know, it's more likely to happen than it actually is. Whereas, like you mentioned, you know, that hundreds of players are being offered. So I think that was really interesting how you brought up um, that point. And I think as fans, it's about learning to control our emotions and realising <laughs> that not everything is going to materialise into a transfer. So that was quite interesting. Um, and I was also going to ask you on the, the Chelsea point, but you hit the nail on the head there with us getting our first uh, choices. So it's been quite easy for Chelsea this window or the window that just went by. So... Well, do I'll move on to the second topic that I wanted to ask you. This one will be a bit more informal. I think this one maybe perhaps a bit more your opinion. So, obviously, Chelsea this season we brought in many players. Um, Chelsea fans are happy, um, and we started the season. We're four points off Liverpool at the moment at the early stages in the league, and you know we are top of our Champions League group um, after a win last night. But it's fair to say that at the start of the season, Frank Lampard you know, was given quite a lot of criticism. Uh, sometimes I'd say it's fair criticism because we were leaking goals defensively despite spending that much money and we also spent a lot on our attackers. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Fab, uh, what is your what have you made of Chelsea's start to the season and your opinions on Frank Lampard? My opinion on Frank Lampard is absolutely positive, absolutely positive, just because I try to to look at football not just on the pitch, Obviously, it's the most important part, obviously, but also outside the pitch and the work Frank Lampard is doing also outside the pitch and not just on the pitch, because as you said, to be first in the group in Champions League and having a good start of season, in my opinion, is absolutely good on the pitch. But also outside the pitch, he's doing an amazing work, really. He's been fantastic also. You said fans are happy, obviously, because you had a fantastic window. And it's also thanks to the work of Frank, obviously, of Peter Cech, of Marina, of everyone on the board of Chelsea. But also from Frank, he has been fantastic. He called players. He was totally involved in any deal. He's been key, for example, to sign Kai Havertz because Kai Havertz, without this kind of manager, uh, with another manager, he could say, OK, I'm going to stay in Leverkusen for one year more. We are in a complicated situation with virus and more. I stay in Leverkusen and I move to Bayern Munich on next summer because Bayern Munich were ready to sign him on next summer. They say this summer we sign Sané and next summer we sign Havers. So he had this great opportunity and you know for German players to play for Bayern Munich is something great. So he was tempted by the situation but when Frankie called him like every day to, to, to sign for Chelsea, it changed and that's why he's, he's key to have this kind of manager. He's a legend obviously for the club, not just for the club in football in general, but his work outside the pitch has been really, really important to have this kind of team. This is a fantastic team in my opinion. So when you build up this kind of team it's also because you have a top manager so my opinion about Lampard is absolutely positive outside the pitch and also on the pitch because in my opinion it's not so easy when you have a lot of new players to start the season 
winning every match, don't have any kind of problem, is absolutely impossible. We are talking about a crazy summer. You have to remember the clubs restarted to train like in September, uh, immediately after they completed the Premier League. So it was like three weeks or four weeks for stop and, and restart uh, without any pre-season, just immediately working with new players, with many new players, with many top players. And it's not easy to, to, to speak with top players immediately and to change their mentality. Imagine, for example, Thiago Silva playing in Liga is totally different from, from Premier League. So to have a new mindset for new players is really, really difficult. And he had a good impact in Champions League, as you said, because Chelsea are doing great. And in Premier League, they are going to, 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 to show their qualities, I am convinced, in, in some weeks. So it's just a matter of time, but the team is fantastic. They did a fantastic work also on the, on the transfers. Frank has... As, as difficult to have a lot of new players. Remember, as I said, we are in a crazy year. So it's really, really difficult to, to change everything, to have new players, to talk with new players, to talk also with players that are staying like Kante, like Jorginho, and make them understand what's happening. Also what Frank did with Jorginho and Timo Werner because of penalties, it could be a problem in another club and Chelsea are managing it so well. So congrats to Frank because in my opinion, it's just a start of a great season. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't have put it better myself. I think all Chelsea fans will agree with what you've said there. And it's about being patient. One last quick question before I hand over to Pais. Um, I want to ask you, who, who are your favourite Chelsea players to watch? <laughs> this is a good question. I have to be, have to be honest... I'm in love, I'm really in love with uh, N'Golo Kante. Not this season, obviously, because it's not been so easy for him, but in the past, he's been a player, in my opinion, when he's at top level. And I'm convinced he's coming to top level in some weeks, in some months, but we're talking about a player who is, is, totally, is totally different. He's a winner, he's always smiling. I love when players are fighting for the club, are fighting for the team, not just top quality. Obviously, I can say Havertz, I can see Ziyech, these kind of players that are like skilled, fantastic skills. But when I see N'Golo Kante, I love the fighters and, and N'Golo Kante is he's a top fighter. So I love these kind of players. Yeah, I mean, N'Golo Kante is well loved by Chelsea fans as well. <laughs> and um, yeah, again, you mentioned that many players you could have chosen as well. Um, but that's perfect. I mean, from my side, that is all I wanted to ask you. So thank you very much. I'm going to pass uh, it on to Pais now, who's going to discuss two other topics with you. Um, so, yeah, so Pais, if you want to go ahead. Yeah, so really for Bruce, I just wanted to like delve into the transfer market a bit more and Chelsea's sort of plans, because obviously, you know, like last summer, as you've been discussing there with Dubois, you know, we've had a, a very big summer. I think we spent up to like £250 million and Lampard really went crazy this summer. So, I mean, a couple of things I want to ask you really, sort of Chelsea's future ambitions, I guess, in the market, not just next summer, but also January. Um, some potential outgoings as well. So. I think the first sort of topic I want to touch on is the DM position because obviously Frank Lampard is obviously like, he still really wants a DM, you know, he's happy playing Canton low DM if we play 4-3-3 but I think obviously some of the some of the board and, and stuff like that and Frank Lampard, they, they do want a DM and I think one of the names been mentioned obviously a lot is Declan Rice and another name that I've sort of been floating about, maybe you can provide some truth or dismiss this, I've heard Dennis Sicario as well. So would you like to talk a little bit about sort of Chelsea's future plans for DM quickly? Yes, I think the mentality will be the same. What I've been told is that Chelsea are so happy for what they did this summer because, as I told you before, they said as a strategy, it was the same of Liverpool some years ago. So let's go for 
top targets and not for second or third choice. We want top targets or nothing, just because Chelsea had the opportunity to sign other midfielders this summer, also when they understood that Declan Rice was not moving from West Ham because they had kept 80 million euros. It was crazy. They didn't want it to negotiate with Chelsea, so it was impossible in, in August, in September to sign him. But they said, we want the top targets. So, for example, they had the opportunity to sign Marcelo Brozovic from, from Inter, as I said, on my podcast. And they say, no, 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 we don't want him. We want just our top, top targets. So I think it will be the same also in January. Uh, so that's why I'm convinced. And I've been told that Chelsea will go again for, for Declan Rice. They have a great relationship with the player, with his agent. The player wants to move to Chelsea. Obviously, he's been respectful with West Ham. And he will be respectful with West Ham. And in my opinion, this is a good news also for Chelsea because you have to sign respect player also if they are not coming immediately to your club but having a good guy a respectful guy is so important so has been respectful with West Ham and he will be respectful with West Ham but if Chelsea will find agreement with the club he's flying to, to Chelsea immediately just because he wants to play for Chelsea he wants to play for, for Lampard he wants to fight to win so that's why Declan Rice wants to move to Chelsea now it's time to, to restart negotiations. So in convinced in December, they will be back in negotiation with West Ham. They will try again. Then it will depend by David Sullivan, obviously by West Ham. They will decide if selling the player, if they want to change the price because 80 million euro in January is so difficult in my opinion for a club as Chelsea as they spent a lot of money on next, oh, last summer. It was crazy to spend again, will be crazy to spend again in, in, in January. So this kind of money. So if something will change for the price, I'm convinced Chelsea can, can sign Declan Rice. If not, I don't expect a big move, for example, on, on, on Zakaria. Obviously, they had contacts with his agent, but as always uh, do top clubs. So also Manchester City, also Bayern Munich are in contact with his agent. He's Pali Ramadan. He has great relationship also with Chelsea, as with Manchester City, as with Bayern Munich. So it's part of his life and of his work. But let's see because at the moment what they've been told is that we want our top targets and top target is Declan Rice. See, that's very interesting for me because previous years Chelsea have always had sort of their top targets but they've never, you know, if we couldn't get them we sort of had like fallback options so it's very interesting to hear you say that Chelsea are just going for top targets only and, and as you mentioned there, Brozovic, you know, He's a very good player, but if Chelsea are committed to getting their top targets, I think that's a good thing. You know, fans may not all agree with the top targets that we want, but, you know, to have this club's, like, club's mentality, I think it's really, really good. So, to only go for top targets. So, I'm very happy with, with that, basically. So, another thing I wanted to ask you, Fabrizio, obviously, Edouard Mendy has had a, a fantastic start to this season. I think he's got five or five clean sheets in a row, I think, now. Yeah. I think, yeah, so... I mean, the guy's on fire and we only signed him for like 22.5 million, I believe it was, somewhere around that. So I wanted to ask you basically, do you think that Chelsea are planning with Edouard Mendy for long term or do you think maybe they'll go for a big goalkeeper like Oblak or Donnarumma next summer? No, no, no. I think they, they are going with Mendy. They are so happy with Mendy. He's having, as you say, the great start of season. So they are so happy and they are convinced they can go with him. Obviously in competition with Kepa because Chelsea hope that Kepa will be back at his level as he was in, in, in Liga, in Athletic Bilbao. So they hope he will be back. But obviously they are so happy with Mendy. So in my opinion, it is a long-term solution. Obviously, you can never say long-term solution in football because we were talking about Kepa. Look at what happened with Kepa. You were convinced you signed a young goalkeeper for the future for 10 years and then he, he was bad on last, on last matches so just why 
Chelsea can't plan as every top club for long terms, but they are convinced that Mendy is a top goalkeeper. He can stay at Chelsea for a lot of years, so that's why they are so happy with him and they are not planning to go for another goalkeeper. Also because signing Oblak, signing Ter Stegen would, would mean like spending 120 million euro, 130 million euro, and I think Chelsea are not going to spend this kind of money for a goalkeeper when they have Mendy, who is a great goalkeeper. Yeah, I think personally, just my opinion, I think we've smashed the, the goalkeeper aspect. I mean, I heard Czech saying yesterday that he's scouted 30 to 40 goalkeepers over the last year. So to get Mendy at such a bargain and how well he's doing, I think it's brilliant. So, yeah, very, very happy with what you said there. Um, and another thing I wanted to ask, obviously, in terms of January outgoings, I mean, I'm not sure how many we will get rid of. I mean, January is a very funny window. You know, typically you don't have lots of you know, incomings. It's more about getting rid of some dead wood, if you like. So I wouldn't call this guy dead wood, but I'd call this guy out of favour in the Chelsea team. So the person we're going to talk about here, Fabrizio, is Olivier Giroud. Um, obviously, last window, he was supposed to leave and, and he stayed. And it's just been a bit of a funny one with Olivier Giroud. I mean, he's sort of been, you know, is he going, is he staying? And then he had that really good end to the season last year. And it's just like now you'd think he'd get more minutes. But he's just not. He's fallen behind Tammy Abraham and, and Werner. Obviously, I knew we was going to have him as the first-choice striker. But he's not getting minutes over Tammy Abraham. So, I mean, do you think Giroud, obviously, with the with the um, Euros coming and stuff, do you think he'll look for a move? Or do you think he'll just sort of settle with, with Chelsea? Uh, we have to say that Giroud, in my opinion, is a fantastic guy before talking a great player. Just because he's so quiet, he's so calm, he's not creating any problem to the club. So as you said also last January, when he had the opportunity to move from Chelsea to Inter, he was so respectful with the club. He said, if they are signing me, I'm going to move. He was happy to, to go back with Antonio Conte. But then Inter changed their plans and he was so happy to stay at Chelsea and he didn't create any problem also this summer. He had the opportunity to move to Juventus and it was serious opportunity. He was not the first choice for Juventus and they signed Morata, but he was on the list and he was so quiet, so calm. So I think it will be the same in January. In this moment, I don't have any news about Giroud moving out from Chelsea, but for sure, generally something can change. That's because we are talking about a good striker and with, with opportunity of, of moving, with, with also the opportunity because of his contract. So it's possible that Giroud is moving on January, but at the moment there is nothing advanced yet for him. But I think it will be so quiet in his case so it's not creating any, any kind of problem. If any club will arrive for him, for sure, he will consider to move. And I would say pay attention again to Inter just because they need a new striker. Look at what happened with, with Lukaku. He had an injury in, in Champions League match with, with Real Madrid. He was not playing and Inter didn't have an, a real striker. They had to play with Perisic, with Lautaro Martinez. So it's possible that Antonio Conte will be back asking for, for Giroud. It will depend if Inter will go on a Champions League or, or not. So they are in a complicated situation. But if I would say a club looking at, in, at Giroud in this moment, I would say pay attention to Inter but there is nothing advanced yet. So also the player is so quiet, he's concentrated and, and focused on, on football, on playing with Chelsea, and then on January he will see what happens. Yeah, that's very interesting again. I mean, in terms of Giroud, you mentioned that he's such a good professional as well. Yes. So, so yeah, I, I mean, I'm, as a fan, I'm very interested to see what happens with him. It's going to be interesting in January. So anyway, the last sort of topic I wanted to discuss, um, topic in terms of transfer I wanted to discuss really with you is Sort of the, the centre-back position um, for Chelsea. I mean, we've sort of had like rumours here and there, but I don't, I don't know if it's a, a, a top position Chelsea want to target. I mean, I've heard the likes of like Jimenez and 
and a couple of other names. But uh, with Jimenez himself, I mean, he's like 100 million, I think, Atletico Madrid, or he has a release clause or something. Maybe you could shed some light on Chelsea's centre-back sort of ambitions in the future for us, if you wouldn't mind. Yes, I'm sure that the next summer Chelsea will go for a centre-back. I don't know what kind of level. It will depend also by the opportunity of the, of the window. So I was not, I'm not planning this kind of summer for Chelsea. So I can't say I'm sure what's happening on the summer in, in this moment. But, but I would say that for sure they are scouting different centre-backs. They are considering a move for a centre-back on the summer. So Jimenez is one of the most appreciated, but not just from Chelsea. Also Manchester City were trying to sign him. And as you say it correctly, he has a release close. So it's really complicated to go in Madrid and to pay 120 million euro immediately because release clause with Atletico Madrid have to be paid immediately, not with installments, not in three or four years. So it's really difficult to, to sign these kind of players. But for sure, it's so appreciated. So let's see if Chelsea will decide to spend a lot of money on a centre-back and, for example, less on so strikers or, or something like this. It will be a plan, we will see, because we are just in November. So it's a long way, but for sure, Chelsea for the future are planning to sign a new centre-back. Now it's up obviously to the board, to Frank, and let's see what will happen during the season. Also because, as you know, Thiago Silva uh, is not so young right now. So obviously it's normal to plan for the future. But we have to see who will be the, the, the new centre-back because it's so early, so Chelsea have time to decide. Yeah, obviously. When we're talking about this, guys, remember it is so early, as Fabrizio said, you know, things can change. In a month, things can change in five months. You know, you just don't know with the transfer market. So, obviously, that's very, very good to hear. Obviously, it sounds like Chelsea are going to be spending big, hopefully, again next summer. What do you think, Fabrizio, about that? Do you think Roman Abramovich will continue to back Frank Lampard? I mean, one thing that I did read a little while ago, I think David Ornstein from The Athletic, I think, I think it was him. Correct me if I'm wrong if you know, but I think he actually said, like, Chelsea, it's like a three-year plan. So, like, the first year was to sort of stabilise the team. Second year was to, you know, get some investment in. And then third year was to go, like, really crazy, try and challenge for the title. So, to be able to do that, do you think Roman Abramovich next summer will continue to back Frank Lampard in similar fashion as we've already seen? And to be honest, in this moment, talking also with different people close to Chelsea and people also in, in football in general... It's really, really difficult to say what's happening next summer because we don't know in what kind of general situation we will be with football if we, have, we will have fans back at the stadium. I'm convinced, for example, if, if we will be out from the virus situation and from the crisis, obviously having fans at the stadium is another planet because clubs, top clubs like Chelsea are losing a lot of money because of this, because of merchandising, because of stadium and more. So if we will be back in a normal situation, I'm convinced, yes, Chelsea will spend, will spend big again, not like this summer, but they will, spend bad, they will spend big, big, big again. So for sure. But if we will be in the same situation as we are right now, I say no, just because it's impossible to have two summer at the same level spending every week for a different player. So it's possible they will go again for top targets, but in two or three position and not in, in, in eight or nine as they did this summer. So obviously, Roman Abramovich wants to spend, wants to win, wants to win. Obviously, we have to say what happened this season because it's important to see what will happen in Champions League, what will happen in Premier League. So also by this will depend the future of the transfer market for Chelsea. But I would say more from the general situation because we have to remember we are in a crazy year, in a crazy situation, and this is affecting the situation for the top clubs. You have to remember with Chelsea, you, have the, uh, you had a crazy summer and they were the only club in the world to have this kind of summer. Real Madrid haven't signed it one single player and Barcelona signed two players on the last 
40 hours you know, of, of a transfer window. And in Italy, Juventus also did only swap deals and Inter signed only players for free, like Arturo Vidal, and the same for, for Bundesliga clubs. So it's been a crazy, crazy window for Chelsea. And on next summer, it will depend by the general situation. Yeah, so Chelsea fans listening to this, you better hope that everything returns to normal and the fans come back because we want Roman Abramovich to get his wallet out again. You know, we want to win the league. We want to have more world-class signings. So let's hope that, <laughs> let's hope that things get better and, and Chelsea can do big things again next summer. So thank you so much, Fabrizio, for speaking about that um, in terms of our targets, in terms of our plans. So now we want to just move on to the last topic quickly before we let you go. We want to talk about Basically, just you personally, how is life like as a journalist? You know, this summer was like crazy. What was your favourite deal to cover? It doesn't have to be Chelsea, but I mean, yeah, I mean, just general. How is life like? How do you cope with all the fans, especially on social media? Not only do you run Twitter, you also run Instagram. You know, the comments. In terms of the comments as well, I wanted to quickly mention, obviously, Dubois said earlier with the Havertz Sancho news. I mean, I was one of the ones spamming Havertz news. You know, it's like, it was, it was a crazy summer. So, you know, how do you cope with, with being a journalist, but also how do you cope with the side of, obviously, the fans and, and the comments and everything? It's been a crazy summer. For sure, it's been a crazy summer just because it was so long. It, it started with the window, the transfer window, like in, in June, and we ended in October. So it was something new, something crazy, something difficult also because, as I always said, I try to get my new sources and my new info also when I go around the city here in Milano because you can meet with many people. For example, the agent of Zakaria, just to make you an example, Fali Ramadani is always in Milano. He's like living in Milano when there is the window. So you can get news from this kind of people, of agents, of directors around the city. And it was like impossible this summer just because we had the virus situation. So it was even difficult to, 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 find, new, to find news and to check directly with people. So everything was by phone um, was not easy I have to be honest also with social media because I love to have in contact to be in contact with the play with the person and with, with the fans in, in, in football so I always try also during the night to answer sometimes to fans on Twitter or Instagram because I always say if we are talking about transfers as a show it's just because of the fans so we have to be grateful to the fans I love to, to be part of the fans just talking with the persons and not acting like a star because I don't feel as a star I like to talk with people and to chat about transfers so it was not easy just because I had to find news and I also wanted always to share on social media and on my channels and where I'm working with Sky, with The Guardian and more. So it was really complicated, but I loved it just because every time I say, okay, I'm tired, I'm sleeping like four or five hours every night, but I'm talking about football, I'm talking about transfers, so I am so happy about what, you, what I'm doing. And I think sometimes we have to remember and I love to remember that uh, I love to say that I'm not the only one we are really lucky because we have a lot of top journalists doing a fantastic work as in England as in other countries so you mentioned David Ornstein in my opinion he's, he's a top player in, in, in football transfers and but I can mention a lot of other guys they are doing a fantastic work so I don't leave football transfers as a race I love to leave 
just to say, okay, I want to be correct with the people, saying just correct news when I am 100% things are really happening and not always to be always the first. Also because always being the first is impossible. You have to be correct. And that's my, my way to be respectful with the people, with the fans. And so that's it. I love the, the way we are doing it on, on Twitter also with other journalists. So congrats to them. And thank you as fans because you are, you are helping to, to have this kind of show with the transfers. And I love it because without fans, it would be boring to say a player is going to this club. Okay, no one is buzzing to know. Okay, Avers News, Sancho News and, and more. And to, to, to finish, I would say my favorite one was for sure Kai Havertz this summer, just because I, I, I always say, when I say transfer window is, is a jungle, expect the unexpected. I remember when I received the call from one of my sources during the Champions League final at the halftime, at the end of the first time, and he told me, okay, Chelsea have signed Havertz. They have the agreement. Also, right now, Bayer Leverkusen called Roma to say, okay, now we sold Havertz to Chelsea and we want to sign Schick from Roma. And they say, it's crazy. We are during the Champions League final. How is possible? And they were completing everything during the Champions League final. So I was not expecting it, and it happened during the Champions League final. So I remember the day after I said, here we go for Havertz to Chelsea, because I was 100% sure that the deal was complete. It just was a matter of details. And... And it was fantastic, really. So I have to say thank you. Yeah, that's actually crazy to know. You know, Chelsea doing deals during the Champions League final. But um, <laughs> another one I, I was like going to mention there to you, obviously, talking about like deals during things. I remember after the Champions League final, I think David Ornstein like, revealed that Chelsea have basically agreed Thiago Silva. That was another very, very quick one, um, mm-hmm. you know, with Thiago Silva. So that was like really good. You know, Chelsea actually being efficient, which is really nice, something that, over the years, we, you know, I guess, I guess fans are impatient, I guess, but Chelsea have not been as quick as this before. I mean, this summer was like a, a different level. So, anyway, Fabrizio, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for all the info you've given us. We couldn't be more grateful. Hopefully, um, you know, if you have enjoyed, you would like to join us again, maybe next summer when we're doing another episode. So, um, <laughs> we'd be very grateful to have you on again. Um, just. From me and Dubois, thank you so much. Dubois, would you like to add anything? Yeah, I mean, again, we're very grateful for you, Fabrizio, to come in on. I think for those of you that are still listening, um, I think it's important to know that Fabrizio does an amazing job. Uh, like he mentioned with his transfers, he's always replying to people at late times at night. I can always see his Twitter. He tries to respond to everyone. He puts in the work. And I think, you know, he gets the respect uh, he deserves. So, and what we will do... Um, is put all of his social media, everything in the description for this video. So make sure you're following him, put your notifications on for him because, you know, January is coming up and everyone will want to know what's happening at their club and there's no one better than Fabrizio to get your information from. So, yeah, I mean, as Pai said, you know, thank you very much for coming on Fabrizio and, uh, yeah, hopefully we will have you on, you know, maybe some point in the future. Thank you, guys. It will be a pleasure to be with you also, also in the future. Thank you for the invitation today. It was a pleasure to be here with you. And, and really, thank you and good luck for, you, for your podcast. Okay, guys. And that's going to be the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Subscribe if you're new. And uh, yeah, as we said, we'll leave Fabrizio's stuff down below. Also, we're going to leave his podcast link. He's got a podcast. Here we go, podcast. So if you want even more inside news for the transfer market coming up, then make sure to subscribe to that. I think it's a small fee. So um, if you're interested in that, then, you know, go ahead. Um, and that will give you even more information from, from Fabrizio. But from us, from me, Dubois and Fabrizio, thank you for watching and we'll see you in the next episode.